0: Sports Scripts with DcroM is brought to you by Top Choice Athletics, the number one company in customized sports equipment and apparel, specializing in baseball, basketball, soccer, volleyball, tennis, golf, and of course, football. All apparel and equipment can be customized according to your needs. To stay tuned to exciting sports news and deals, follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Top Choice Athletics, and follow them on Twitter at Real TC Athletics. Check out their awesome products and order online today from TopChoiceAthletics.com. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromwell. Well, Thanksgiving has arrived, and never, ever have I been more thankful for this great game of football, especially after a game like the one we saw last night between the Chiefs and the Rams. And Hal Bent, was that the best regular season game you've ever watched?
1: I think it is easily the most exciting. If you're a lover of defense, it may not be the uh, the greatest, or if you love uh, watching teams run the ball, probably not, but for pure excitement start to finish wow what an exciting game and that lived up to all the hype coming into it
0: oh it exceeded all the hype man talk about one of the three highest scoring games in nfl history a combined 105 total points
1: i mean a team scored 50 points and lost
0: that for the first time in nfl history that's happened 51
1: points and you lose that's just that that only happens when you play in Madden you know that doesn't happen in the NFL
0: it it absolutely does it and like I said that's the first time in history a team has scored 50 points and actually lost a game and last night's game as Joe Testor said was only a short drive away from Hollywood but Hollywood scriptwriters invaded the stadium last night it couldn't have been a better scripted game from start to finish both teams miss extra points and that means the first half ends up at a tie. Both teams scored defensive touchdowns, including two by the same player on the Rams at Samson Ebukam. And it goes down to the last minute with one of the two biggest plays in the final minute of the game being made by Marcus Peters against his former team. You can't script it any better. Plus, the performances of Pat Mahomes and Jared Goff, two of the rising stars at the quarterback position last night, uh, was just a sight to behold.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, seeing those gunslingers in the, you know, on both sides of both teams. And not only that, but the the brains behind those amazing young quarterbacks as well. The offensive game plans, the the aerial attacks, the getting receivers open. It was just pure poetry on the field watching those two offenses perform last night.
0: Yes, and speaking of scheming and coaching and all that stuff, uh, Jordan Reed, a good friend of the pod, you can catch Jordan's work at InsideThePineline.com, he tweeted uh, today that if you're a team looking for a new head coach next year, you cannot afford to look for a defensive-minded head coach after watching a game last night. Is he right?
1: Oh, I think so. I think it's, you know, it's a rare breed of defensive coach that's going to have success in the NFL going forward. And I... Not only an offensive coach do you need, you need an offensive coach who also has an offensive coordinator he can trust in his hip pocket when you're signing him as well because – you know, as we've talked about that end of game clock management, there's head coaches. They've got to stay on top of that. And even last night's game, there was some concerning clock management at the end. Not a surprise with Andy Reid there, but both sides of the ball, I, I was really expecting to see a six minute offense, a four minute offense and see a team try to leave no time left on the clock for the opponents and, and both teams just seemed to throw clock management out the window at the end of the game, which was very, very surprising.
0: It most certainly was, and a very good point, Hal, that you just brought up. And now let's uh, talk about some of the other takeaways we got from Week 11, and here's one. For the rest of this year and for the long term going forward, beware the Indianapolis Colts, folks. They are back on track. Andrew Luck is back to his MVP form already, And his offensive line is repaired. He hasn't gotten sacked in five straight games in the past three games. He's only gotten hit three times. Chris Ballard should be the executive of the year. He absolutely nailed his draft this year. You got Quentin Nelson, which solidified the Colts into one of the NFL's top five offensive lines. He got defensive rookie of the year candidate Darius Leonard. You have a promising young pass rusher, Kamoko Ture, two Great running backs that contribute well to your rotation and Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Dion Kane was playing very well in trading cabin preseason before he got hurt in preseason. So, the Indianapolis Colts, you have a fantastic draft class and young core along with Andrew Luck to build on. You stole Eric Ebron in free agency, and you're going to have $100 million to spend next year and three picks potentially in the top 62 in the draft this spring. The Colts are just getting started, and not only are they going to be dangerous long term, but the the Texans shouldn't get too comfortable because I think the Colts could be nipping at their heels at the end of the season. What do you think, Hal?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, I look at the AFC South, and before the season started, everybody talked about, well, Jacksonville, and, and Tennessee was a playoff team last year as well that knocked the Chiefs out of the playoffs, and you're looking at those two teams, and it's really been Houston and Indianapolis looking like the two best teams in that division right now. And, and this Colts team, I mean... Amazing, the turnaround and, you know, building in the trenches, that shows you how that leads to that explosive offense, keeping Andrew Luck upright, establishing a running game with Marlon Mack, those three young running backs that they have there as well. They're getting contributions out of Chester Rogers, out of Ryan Grant. It's it's just a, a fascinating turnaround in Indianapolis, and so much credit goes to Frank Reich, who, you know, was (laughs) was arguably was not their first choice and was nobody's choice in the offseason, was passed over by everyone. And the the turnaround job that he's done there in Indianapolis and and Matt Eberflis as the defensive coordinator, um, fantastic work he's done with those young players as well. It's It's an amazing turnaround there in Indianapolis, and they're probably right there with Houston as one of the hottest teams in the AFC right now.
0: Oh, you said it, and don't forget Chris Ballard, man. Do you think he should win Executive of the Year?
1: He's certainly looking like it right now, and you know, he's he's done such a fantastic job building that team up, uh, like we talked about, in the trenches and uh, both sides of the ball, and I mean, plucking somebody like Margus Hunt off the scrap heap and getting contributions from him and just you know drafting Darius Leonard and all these great moves that have worked out for them he's definitely in in the conversation if not the front runner at this point
0: amen 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 and do you think as much as the Colts love to have Frank Reich how much are the Eagles missing Frank Reich right now
1: yeah I, I think that's an underrated part of the struggles with Philadelphia as well is you know one of the things that is part of that Super Bowl hangover that doesn't you know get discussed as much is you know when you start seeing the attrition and when you start seeing teams losing these play these assistant coaches who are behind the behind the scenes and having a big part of that success and when they leave and now philadelphia has to you know whether it's promote up from within or you know they, they're not having that kind of you know i mean for well i mean let's look at philadelphia they got double hit there because they also lost uh they're up their quarterbacks coach, who was the expected next offensive coordinator, as Filippo went on to get a new uh, a new position as OC this year as well. So that's a big hit for any team to take, and you've seen the effect on it with Philadelphia being in the you know bottom third as far as uh, scoring points this season.
0: Yes, and you could say it had the opposite effect on the Colts. Frank Reich's addition was the Colts' gain just as much or even more as it was the Eagles' loss
1: definitely right there David definitely right there
0: yes and another big takeaway from week 11 the Chicago Bears made the statement they had to make to assert themselves as legitimate playoff contenders with an amazing performance against the Vikings on Sunday night football and obviously it all starts with the defense for the monsters of the midway even with that young and improving offense with Mitchell Trubisky uh, it was going to be tough sledding against that Vikings defense so they needed All pro caliber performance from their defense, and they got it. And when you look at this Bears defense, uh, a lot of people say Khalil Mack is uh, the engine that keeps it going. And while that may be true, there is another player on this defense that is arguably the most underrated player in the National Football League right now. His name is Akeem Hicks. If Khalil Mack is number one to the Bears defense, you could say Akeem Hicks is 1A. Akeem Hicks makes Khalil Mack's job infinitely easier because it makes Khalil Mack harder to double because Akeem Hicks is an every down threat coming up the middle. Five tackles for a loss on Sunday night. When do you see that in a game? You rarely see it at all at Akeem Hicks on that four-year, forty-eight million contract. That's thievery. The Bears uh, stole him. By ecstatic him a couple years ago, don't you think Akeem Hicks is arguably the most underrated player in the NFL right now? And don't you think his importance to the Bears' defense cannot be denied any longer?
1: I Well, yeah, maybe the second most underrated player in the NFL on defense right now. I, I haven't heard a word about Miami's linebacker Kiko Alonso, but that's a conversation for another time. Hicks, if not one number, he may be your number one underrated. He may be my number two, but he's definitely one of the most underrated. And he doesn't put up those gaudy sack totals as he's, you know, forcing the quarterback to step out and step into Khalil Mack and allow him to make those plays on the quarterback. And forcing the quarterbacks at that pressure up the middle which is so underrated but he is a disruptor passing game rushing game he is in the backfield seemingly every time he's leading the team in quarterback hits as well he may not be piling up the sacks but he's making the getting the pressures causing that disruption as well and again like you said he's not in the conversation um, you know with those great defensive tackles but he certainly is making a case that he belongs Oh,
0: absolutely. And uh, with uh, Chris Jones and Aaron Donald, obviously last night, uh, Akeem Hicks uh, just might be a tier below both of those guys. And uh, that's not far behind Chris Jones, in my opinion.
1: Exactly. And, you know, he he's so consistent. He's been bringing it game after game and, you know, uh, bears no resemblance to that player that washed out of New Orleans in his younger days. And that, you know, he really seemed to turn it around in his one year in New England and cashed in with the Bears and has made, as you said, that contract that at the time seemed like a lot is now he's well outperforming that. And it is a bargain in the middle right now.
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. And now let's move on to my favorite game, Truth or Exaggeration. And you know the rules of this game, Hal. I will say a sentence and you determine whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm exaggerating. And let's start in Dallas, where linebacker Leighton Vanderesh is a serious contender for Defensive Rookie of the Year.
1: He's a serious contender. He probably won't get it but he's a serious contender. He is just I mean I he's somebody I had circled from some, you know watching as well. He has been fantastic and and you know you wouldn't think that the with the Dallas defense the way they've struggled without Sean Lee there with his usual injuries every season but he has been fantastic, and I, I certainly didn't expect him, especially with the injury problems Van Der Esch had early on in training camp, that he would come out and contribute the way he has. But Jalen Smith, and Leighton, Leighton Van Der Esch as their one-two punch at linebacker for Dallas, it's going to be hard getting Sean Lee on the field when he comes back.
0: Yes, those two easily make Sean Lee expendable after this season, don't they?
1: Oh, they definitely do. And I mean, and they're both so young. I mean, (laughs) Smith, you know, sat out the rookie year with the injury, but he's back with a vengeance this year. Van Der Esch is a tackling machine out there. And they're both, you know, on cheap rookie contracts for the next couple of years and are young and healthy. And, And for Dallas, that's changed their entire defense this year
0: and maybe their entire season, but speaking of the Cowboys, another thing potentially changed their season for the better. Alex Smith's injury makes the Cowboys NFC East favorites down the stretch.
1: I think they have to be. I don't see Philadelphia turning it on. I, I Week after week, I keep picking the Eagles saying that this is the week they turn it around. This is the week they turn it around. and And last week was the definition of, oh, no, they're not. So, With Washington, you know, I I love Colt McCoy as a backup quarterback, but I wouldn't want him running my offense down the stretch. And with Dallas just a game behind Washington, this Thanksgiving Day game could be where the Cowboys start their charge and take over the NFC East. I'm saying that's a truth.
0: That could very well be the case. And truth or exaggeration, the Chargers collapse against the Broncos is a sign of worse things to come for them down the stretch.
1: Nah, that's an exaggeration on that one. Uh, You know, the Chargers were overdue to have a Chargers game and melt it down and and let one slip away like they seemingly do every season. But no, this team is just too good and getting Joey Bosa back as well. Once he's up to speed, that's just going to take a defense which has been so good this year to that next level. Uh, you know, they should bounce back against Arizona this week. You got a big game against the Steelers, big game against the Chiefs. But otherwise, I see the Chargers cruising into the playoffs. And maybe that big game in December on Sunday night against the Chiefs is the one that's going to decide who's the number one seed in the AFC.
0: It very well could. And we will get back to the Chargers later on in the program. And last but not least, for truth or exaggeration, The Bears should start Chase Daniel on Thursday against the Lions if Mitchell Trubisky's shoulder is not at 100% health.
1: Oh, that's definitely a truth. I think the Bears uh, should be able to beat Detroit without Trubisky at quarterback, with that defense against the dysfunctional Detroit uh, on both sides of the ball. That whole organization in Detroit has had a rough go of it. So if I'm the Bears, I wouldn't be rushing Trubisky if he's less than 100%. I'd give him that extra time to heal up and be in full strength coming down the stretch.
0: Yeah, plus Chase Daniel uh, knows the Matt Nagy-Andy Reid offense from his years at Kansas City. And I think uh, they could get twenty plus points out of Chase Daniel.
1: Oh definitely. I think it it's uh that's a great point, David, that you know you, you're not gonna have a backup quarterback in in a lot of situations who's that comfortable with the offense. And if you have that you know, as a uh, as a strength of your depth of the team at that position, it's silly to turn around on a short week and risk you know a long term injury uh, to Trubisky's shoulder if he's less than one hundred percent
0: we are simpatico there Hal that's our simpatico alert and now it's time to get our crystal balls out Hal and we need to forecast the remaining six weeks of the season because we are looking at tight races for the number one seed in both conferences and in the NFC it obviously is going to come down to the Rams and the Saints and let's look at who the Rams have the final six weeks they're on by this week But week 13, they're at Detroit. Then they're at the Bears week 14, which would be a very tough game. Then they host the Eagles, Uh, depending on which Eagles team shows up down the stretch. That could be either very easy or super tough. And then week 16, they travel to Arizona, and then they host the 49ers week 17. So so an easier-than-usual schedule down the stretch. And you look at the Saints. They host the Falcons this Thursday on Thanksgiving night. Then, a week from this Thursday, they travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in that monster defense. Then they travel to Tampa in week 14, and they lost to Tampa in week 1. Then they travel to Carolina week 15, and the Panthers are fighting to stay alive in the wildcard playoff hunt. Then they return home for the final two games of the year, in which they host the Steelers in week 16 and the Panthers in week 17. So based on those schedules and based on the makeup of those two teams, who do you think should be considered the favorite for the NFC's number one seed?
1: I think it's going to be close, but I think we're going to see New Orleans. I see both teams dropping one game. I think for New Orleans, that road game in Carolina, that's a Monday night game. Um, that's going to be a tough one. Carolina, New, you know, that that's in, interdivisional. We know that's going to be tough to beat that, to beat Carolina twice. For the Rams, they should be able to pull out almost every game on that schedule there. I think the Bears uh, on the road is going to be, you know, again, that's a Sunday night matchup that's in prime time. I I would give that game to the Bears. So each team losing one game the rest of the way, that means we're going to the head-to-head matchup uh, with both teams 14 and 2. And that's for me, that's giving the Saints the number one seed right there.
0: And the Saints do own the tiebreaker since they absolutely throttled the Rams at home a couple of weeks ago. And however, I think it's even more important for the Rams to get home field than the Saints because I personally trust the Saints to win in L.A. a lot more than I would trust the Rams to win in New Orleans.
1: I don't trust anybody to win in New Orleans right now. With that, that defense in New Orleans, if you've got the crowd noise behind you there in the Superdome as well, it lights out right there.
0: Yes, and speaking of the race for the number one seed in the AFC, it's looking like a three-way race right now. Although, don't sleep on the Chargers, as Hale alluded to, but let's, uh, for the sake of our crystal balls and keeping our views as uh, restricted as possible, uh, let's boil it down to the Chiefs, Patriots, or Steelers, and let's look at the Chiefs' schedule. They're on bye this week, and like the Rams, they deserve a bye after last night's roller coaster. It's coming at the most opportune time for them, and then... They travel to Oakland in week 13 to play the Raiders. Then they go home for two games to host the Ravens and the Chargers in week 15, which could determine not only the AFC West, but that uh, number one seed in the um, AFC as well. And then uh, week 16, they travel to Seattle, which won't be easy. And then they conclude the season at home against the Raiders, which should uh, be a win. So you could easily lock in two to three, if not four wins for the Chiefs there for the Patriots. They're at the Jets this week, then they host the Vikings, then they play at the Dolphins, and the, the game that could determine the AFC's number one seed, another such game, week 15, Patriots at Steelers. Circle your calendar there, folks. And then they return home for the final two weeks to host the Bills and the Jets. You can lock in easily four wins there, in my opinion. And the Steelers, the football gods, did them no favor. They're at the Broncos this week and uh, and we'll get into that game soon, but that is not going to be as easy as many people think. Then they travel home to play the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. That'll be an interesting game. Then they have a gimme at the Raiders, and then obviously they host the Patriots week 15, which could determine who gets that number 1 seed. And then in week 16, after they play the Patriots, they have to go to New Orleans. So they have to play the Patriots and Saints back-to-back weeks. The football gods just did these Pittsburgh Steelers no favors, and they conclude Week 17 at home against the Cincinnati Bagels. This AFC race looks like it's going to be even tighter than the one between the Rams and the Saints, and we think the Rams and the Saints is going to be a very tight race.
1: It definitely is. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Steelers and I think that that tie in week 1 against the Browns is going to come back and bite them here in the in the race for those top not just the number 1 seed but also the bye as well. And you know, I'm looking at the Steelers, they're probably my projection right now is 11-5 and 1 and the Patriots and the Chiefs, I look at them, Chiefs probably drop maybe one, maybe two. But I'm thinking the Chiefs will drop, too, as, you know, you've got that tough matchup um, against the Chargers. Not only that, it's a Thursday night game. It's a very short turnaround as well. And we know those Thursday night games can be very strange. I think that's um, a
0: Saturday night game, Hal, actually. Is that a Saturday night? Yes, I think it is.
1: Oh, okay. No, Chargers, that's a Thursday. December 13th. So, yeah, that's a Thursday night game. Um, yeah, so, you know, with the chiefs you know the less time that they have to get that offense exotic especially against a tough defense like the Chargers um, and and don't sleep on the week before because they're going to come out of that game bruised and battered when you go up against that Baltimore Ravens defense so that's a tough turnaround game for the chiefs and then going across the country for a primetime game against the Seahawks in that defense um, we could see Kansas City limping down the stretch to a 12 and four record you look at the Patriots I have them finishing up at 12 and four Minnesota at home is a tough matchup Pittsburgh on the road is a tough game to circle and say they're going to win that one but the rest of the games are certainly winnable for New England so 12 and four 12 and four just like in the NFC we're looking at that head-to-head matchup and I think that's where the Patriots nudge out that number one seed right there
0: That is extremely, extremely possible. And now it's time for our Top Choice Athletics Trivia Question of the Week. And the winner of this weekly contest will be the recipient of some of the best sporting equipment from Top Choice Athletics. And here it is. Which Cowboys quarterback led a stunning come-from-behind victory against the Redskins in relief of Roger Staubach on Thanksgiving Day 1974? Again. Which Cowboys quarterback led a stunning come-from-behind victory against the Redskins in relief of Roger Staubach on Thanksgiving Day, 1974? And if you want some amazing equipment from our friends at Top Choice Athletics, Tweet me the answer at SportsCrunch on Twitter or send it to me on Facebook. And now it's time for our rapid-fire predictions. We're just going to go through every game this week and pick them very quickly, starting with the first of three Thanksgiving Day matchups, the Bears at the Lions. And whether it's uh, Mitchell Trubisky or Chase Daniel, I think it's going to be a competitive divisional battle, but I think the Bears eke out an ugly 17-16 to victory.
1: I think it's a little easier for the Bears. I I don't see the Detroit offense uh, getting on track against that Bears defense. I have Chicago twenty six to thirteen, aided by those annual Matt Stafford turnovers.
0: Oh, we shall see. The Lions beat the Panthers last week. I wouldn't sleep on them that much.
1: Good point. Good point, David.
0: And the Redskins at the Cowboys, and this game could very well determine who winds up winning that NFC East. Stan. I just can't bet against this Cowboys defense the way they're playing right now, especially going against the Redskins and Colt McCoy with only three days to prepare for Colt McCoy.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Washington will put up a fight, but Dallas 20-17, to 17, pulling it off on Thanksgiving. Boop, boop,
0: boop, boop, boop. We're super sympathical there. 2017 is exactly where I had this game going in favor of the Cowboys. The Red Hot Saints, we get to see them on Thanksgiving Day at the Superdome, hosting the Falcons in the nightcap. And... I think the Saints roll over the Falcons this time, 42-21.
1: I'm pretty close to that. I've got the Saints rolling as well. I've got it 38-17. to
0: Lamar Jackson had a very, very solid rookie debut uh, using those legs last week against the Bengals, and now he, he and his Ravens host the Raiders at home, and I think the Ravens uh, should have no problem pulling off a victory here, uh, let's say 27-13.
1: Yep, yeah, pretty close to on that, David. I'll give, uh, you know, a late touchdown to Oakland at garbage time, but a pretty easy win, 20-16 to 16 for Baltimore.
0: So a game that is not as close as the final score would indicate. And burp, burp, we got a stink bowl alert, the Jaguars and the Bills. The Jaguars, one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year. Their defense has taken a step back. And last week they made Ben Roethlisberger look mortal for three and a half quarters but they screwed up in the end and the Buffalo Bills obviously having the worst offense in football but the Bills defense I think said an even better year than the Jaguars defense said I actually like the Bills at home in an ugly 12 to 9 game
1: Pretty close to that. I, I I just couldn't pick the Bills. I tried, David. I tried. But I'm going to give it to Jacksonville. It is a stink bowl. We'll call this the opposite of Monday night's fantastic game. I mean, here's Jacksonville. Last four drives. Four three and outs against Pittsburgh, net yardage, minus three yards. That's not how you put a team away in the fourth quarter. But I think they'll hang on against a terrible Buffalo offense, 16-13. to 13.
0: Oh, I could see that happening as well, Hal. This was truly a flip a coin game for me. I just decided to go with the home team. And in this case, the home team happens to be the Bills and a pivotal game in the NFC that could determine a wild card playoff spot down the road. The Seahawks at five and five traveling the Charlotte to take on the Panthers at six and four who are coming off a two. Game losing streak. This is going to be a very, very close game. Uh, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson will be battling it out uh, to the very end. But I like the Carolina Panthers to get back on track this week. Twenty-seven
1: to twenty-three. Ooh, yeah! This is this is a must-win for Carolina. I'm giving it to Seattle. They've you know, they, they were just so impressive against uh, Green Bay on Thursday night. Give them a couple extra days of rest where they're traveling across the country. I'm gonna say Seattle pulls it out 21 to 20 over Carolina.
0: Very possible indeed, Hal. And let's uh, move on to the Battle of Ohio where the Browns travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is a must-win game for the Bengals who are in stiff competition with the Colts and the Titans and obviously the Ravens for that uh, AFC wildcard spot, or at least one of them. And I think the Bengals do get a win, but I don't think it's going to be easy in a 23-20 to quintessential uh, AFC North uh, grudge match.
1: Yeah, n- not having A.J. Green healthy changes that Cincinnati offense, and now they've lost Preston Brown on defense as well. I think it's too much for Cincinnati to overcome. I'm going with Baker Mayfield and Cleveland in a 30-24 to win.
0: If Greg Williams wasn't coaching the Browns now, I'd agree with you. (laughs) At least it's not huge. Remember, Hugh Jackson's with Cincinnati
1: now, though. Oh, (laughs) that
0: that, that is true. That that is true. But uh, whatever you do, Browns, at the end of the year, do not retain Greg Williams. Whatever you do, just do not retain Greg Williams. Uh, This is an easy game. Patriots and Jets. uh, Sam Darnold might not even play it, even if he does. Uh, Bill Belichick always confuses uh, rookie quarterbacks, especially ones with a limited supporting cast like Sam Darnold. I like the Patriots in this game, 31-14. to 14.
1: I think it'll be a little bit closer. The Patriots have had a lot of resistance when they're going on the road, and the Jets always play the Patriots tough no matter the incarnation, but Patriots should pull it out. I've got it 27-20 to 20 over New York.
0: And speaking of New York, the Giants have won two straight games and are now 3-7, and seven, and they travel to Philadelphia to take on the struggling 4-6 and six Eagles. This is another potential stink bowl game. I think the Eagles win, but I think it's going to be a very, very close, like, uh, 21-20 type game.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty close to that as well. I've got it 24-20. to I'm I'm doing it for the last time. Philadelphia, all right, this is your last
0: chance to turn it around.
1: I, I'm picking you, but after this, it could be over.
0: It could be over indeed after this week. If the Eagles lose this week, you could stick a fork in their season. And another stink bowl alert, the 49ers traveling to Tampa to take on the Bucks. Jameis Winston getting the start again as the game of round robin and quarterback continues for the Bucks. As the 2018 season draws to a close uh, Nick Mullins has been playing some pretty good football lately But this is another one of those flip a coin games But I just decided to stick with the home team 27-24 bucks
1: mm, Yep, it's definitely a flip the coin uh, I'm, I'm flipped it, it came up tails for San Francisco So I have them 20-17 to 17 over Tampa Bay But I wouldn't be surprised either way on this game
0: I wouldn't be surprised either way either, Hal. And the Chargers, uh, if they need some medicine to recover from last week's devastating loss, they host the Arizona Cardinals, who got beaten by the Raiders last week. I think the Chargers get back on track this week by winning a 28-14 game.
1: Yep, I I think the Chargers are back on track as well. I like what Byron Lefwich is doing. He's using David Johnson as He should be as the focal point, but it's still not going to be enough for Arizona. Chargers 27, Cardinals 20.
0: Plus, uh, with Joey Bosa playing 31 snaps last week, you could expect his snap total to only rise this week and uh, his play to only rise this week as well
1: exactly and that's tough for any quarterback seeing him and Melvin Ingram coming downhill at you so
0: (laughs) welcome to the NFL indeed and Ryan Tannehill will return to the lineup for the Dolphins but they have to go to Indy to take on the Red Hot Colts I think the Colts uh, get another win here
1: I do as well. Uh, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the answer in Miami. I'm not sure if he's an upgrade over Brock Osweiler. And if you can say that about any quarterback, your chances aren't looking very good. I've got Indy 27 to 17.
0: Yeah, I have it around there. Uh, I will give them some more points and make it like 30 to 20 or something like that. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, continued their red hot winning streak with a remarkable comeback victory over Jacksonville last week but it's not going to be a walk in the woods in Denver at the mile high
1: I'm with you on that one I have my upset special with uh, Denver pulling it out late uh, 20 to 19 over the Steelers
0: Woo! now that is bold thinking there my friend I think it's going to be a close game, closer than most people expect, but I think the Steelers pull away in the end on a Chris Boswell field goal with two minutes to go, 27-17. to And the Sunday night football game of this week could very well determine one of the two NFC wildcard playoff spots down the road and could potentially determine who uh, goes toe-to-toe with the Bears for the NFC North crown down the stretch. Packers at Vikings. The last time these two teams met in week two, they tied, and the Packers are struggling badly right now, and the Vikings coming off a costly loss against the Bears. This is a must-win team for both games, and I expect this team to go down to the final seconds.
1: Oh, I, I, sound the simpatico alert. I am in complete agreement on this. This game's going to end on the toe of one of these kickers.
0: And I am going to give the edge to the home team because I like the way the Vikings um, played defense last week. Steven Weatherly is turning out to be another a great cog in that defensive system. And I think uh, th- they're... Uh, Defensive line has some favorable matchups going against that interior of the Packers uh, offensive line as well, and that Packers defense uh, outside of two games, they have been struggling badly, and I would expect Kirk Cousins to light them up again. I like the Vikings to pull out a 31-28 win.
1: I'm giving it to Green Bay, a little lower scoring, 24-22 to 22 on their last second field goal. I'm just not sure that Minnesota can take advantage of that soft Green Bay run defense and uh, pile up the rushing yards like everybody else has been doing against them. And, you know, that Green Bay pass defense is sneaky good. So I'm picking Green Bay a slight edge to pull it out over Minnesota.
0: Well, that's a very good point, but one thing I can definitely see the Packers doing is getting Dalvin Cook in space this week. They didn't do it last week. They have to do it this week.
1: Yeah, if they want to win, they're going to have to get him the ball in a position to let him make plays because you're absolutely correct. They absolutely did not do that last week.
0: And the Tennessee Titans last week showed why I don't quite trust them. Uh, Coming off that sugar high Against the Patriots, they absolutely got throttled at Indy, and this week they have to travel to Houston to take on the Texans, although the Texans uh, shouldn't be getting too comfortable at 7-3, and league that division, because the Colts are nipping at their heels, and the Titans come in with a must-win. This game could be much closer than people are anticipating.
1: Yeah, I've got it as a close game as well. I've got it uh 23 to 20 may, may come down to the end as well. We could have Sunday night and Monday night games uh coming down to the wire. Um I've got Houston winning it. I'm going to give the edge to the home team 23 to 20.
0: I am Supaico with you there. I am going with the Texans uh, by a final score of 20 to 17. A bit more low scoring than that. I ex- expecting a lot of defense in this game compared to what we saw last night between the Chiefs and the Rams. And now let's move on to our bold predictions for week eleven. And Hal Bent, you go first.
1: Well, you you heard my upset special with Denver over Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's allowed just fourteen sacks in twenty eighteen. Well Denver's going to h- get half of those. They're going to pick up seven sacks, and that's how they're going to beat Pittsburgh on Sunday. I'm going to say three for Chubb, two for Vaughn Miller. That dynamic duo will come out of this game with 12 sacks apiece for the season. Denver defense pulls off the big upset. That's my bold prediction.
0: Now that is a bold prediction indeed, and here is mine. On Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch will intercept Colt McCoy two times, And tally not one, not two, but three tackles for a loss against the Redskins on Thanksgiving.
1: Ooh, I like that. I would love to see that.
0: Yep, uh, watching Leighton Vandrush and Jalen Smith is going to be one of the highlights for me on Thanksgiving. And last but not least, as we always conclude this program, it's time for our challenge flags. And I will go first here, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers. You got my challenge flag. Chargers. You have made a lot of people doubt you again after last week's debacle, but please make us all believe again, including me. Make me believe again. Go and crush the Cardinals this week and continue to play hot down the stretch. Give the Steelers the Chiefs run for their money when you play them and go into the playoffs on a hot streak. Chargers, make me believe again.
1: And my challenge flag is going out to Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. Houston? you still have a shot at that number one seed. D-Crom doesn't believe in you. He didn't even put you in the conversation here. I'm saying you've got Tennessee, you've got Cleveland, you've got Indianapolis all at home. Then you go on the road to play the Jets and the disappointing Eagles, and you get disappointing Jacksonville at home. You could go from 0-3 to 13-3 and the number one seed. So my challenge, Bill O'Brien, Push the pedal to the metal and make this happen. I want to see 0 and 3 to 13 and 3. Come on, Houston.
0: Oh, that's a very good challenge. And he is Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen. You could catch his work at fullpresscoverage.com and you could follow him on Twitter at HalBent01. And if you're a Patriots fan, you could catch Hal's work at uh, busketfire.com as well as bostonsportpage.com Hal, it's always fun previewing every week of the NFL with you and we look forward to having you back again real real soon
1: Looking forward to it David and looking forward to stuffing my face with turkey on Thursday and watching some great NFL football
0: Me too as well, Hal, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch, but we'll be back next week to preview week 13, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Hal. For Hal Bent, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and to you and yours a very happy thanksgiving.